Hello, this is Tanner Wayland. Uh, welcome back to How to Be a Better DM, the official podcast of Monsters.Rent. I'm here with Justin Lewis. Say hi, Justin. Hi, Justin. Hey, hey, no, don't do that. <laughs> Just I'm joking. It's I'm great sorry. to have you. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so if, if anyone's new to the podcast, uh, we are going to learn a bit about how to bring our DMing and storytelling to the next level. And today's uh, podcast is kind of a thought experiment. Um, why don't we see more marriage and families happening, you know, with your players' characters? Like, why aren't they starting their own little families and having little kids that they name and train and everything else, right? Uh, that's kind of the thought experiment and finding out if, as DMs, we can do this and make it an, an enriching and enhancing part of an adventure. Uh, first off, Justin, uh, what do you think about this topic? I think it is an amazing topic. Uh, first of all, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm actually expecting my first child as this podcast releases. Uh, my wife's due date is August 4th, so it's like two, a week and a half away. So thinking mm -hmm. about families is definitely the top of mind. Uh, and, and so I, I've been thinking of different book ideas that can involve having a baby or, you know, just all sorts of fun ideas. And I think, um, and actually on a different side note, my own campaign, my players have gotten pretty good. Like they're pretty higher level and it's hard for me to throw a balanced challenge at them without killing them. And so I was thinking, you know what, maybe I'll just give them like a baby and they'll just have to deal with that, you know? <laughs> just uh, do a little bit of uh, uh, just giving them responsibility, a cold, hard mm -hmm. slice of responsibility and see how they deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, the unfortunate part of doing that would be is how they treat NPCs thus far is not generally good. So I'm kind of afraid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, that's perfect. I mean, in a way, that kind of speaks to one of the opportunities of uh, of making, you know, player relationships actually lead to kind of emotional attachment. That mm -hmm. speaks to it, right? Because it's like you can tell different stories if the players feel emotionally connected. Because uh, I think a lot of really great character, uh, players will try and do that naturally. You know, they'll try mm -hmm. and be like, oh, let's find the emotional connection that would make my character actually want to go save this town or save this little girl who got kidnapped or something, right? But not mm -hmm. all players are like that, right? <laughs> and so kind of giving them that natural connection of like, hey, it's your it's your wife, it's your fiance, it's your, you know, the girl in the town who you've been spending more time with or, or your child. I think that that's just a very natural way to get player buy-in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that can also be a reason why dungeon masters might avoid the family just because it might not feel earned, you know, mm. um, or you're, you're trying to establish some sort of family relationship with a character or sorry, not a character with a player that generally doesn't do much role playing. And yeah. I mean, if you do that, there's a big chance that they'll be like, Oh, Hey brother. Okay, bye. Right. Not a big yeah. payoff. Absolutely. And I think that kind of leads naturally into what I want to talk about next, which is like, why don't we see this more often? You know, uh, 
and, and I think it's worth talking about from the player's perspective and the DM perspective. Uh, for DMs, I think there's a few reasons. You know, frankly, I think that sometimes the subject matter might be awkward, you know, because in order to create a relationship, you have to have flirting and or dating and you know and some people are just uh maybe don't want to touch that because that's not something they're super confident with uh personally or they don't want to role play flirting as an npc with a player because that can be a little uncomfortable too right especially if that player or the dm you know because it's dms can be like this too especially if they want to like talk about like some of the nitty-gritty with like sex or anything like that then it's like Ooh, you're gonna, you know, makes quite a few people at the table uh, uncomfortable, honestly, you know? Absolutely. Uh, honestly, this, uh, this kind of goes a little bit into, well, it, it touches on a topic that is connected to an episode I'm writing currently uh, for later that deals with death, right? And, and mm-hmm. allowing death in your game. And really as a DM... You need to understand, and to, to understand, you have to ask your players what they're okay with, right? Uh, you know, my personal group, and to be honest, myself, I tend to shy away from some of the more PG-13 R-rated aspects of playing D&D that could be in there, right? Uh, just, just that's my natural personality, but even if it wasn't, I know that my group, that's generally how they would trend as well, right? We would prefer yeah. to stay away from some of the more... Uh, scandalous, you know, types of encounters you could have in D&D. Uh, but if you don't ask your players, you won't know, right? Yeah, exactly. And and I think that, I think communication with players is, is key because uh, kind of jumping over to their perspective, I, I think that some players don't feel like they've got the metaphorical nod from the DM to be like, hey, you can pursue like, some type of more relationship a deeper relationship with this pc because you're trying to flesh uh, flesh out your character you can pursue that and i'm actually going to yes and what you're doing you know instead of being like oh i'm gonna have this npc not really show that much interest or there's always going to be like an invisible wall of like hey what are you wasting your time here with let's get back to adventuring you know and i think that if you have that kind of understanding and you also do a little bit of uh push and pull with them role playing wise then they'll feel more comfortable actually trying that and and that might be a hurdle that they're willing to get over absolutely and honestly i think that should actually be some sort of a you know an exercise that we as dungeon masters kind of take upon ourselves because i know for me personally uh when a, a character tries to flirt with another npc or something like that I, I might get uncomfortable or I might make it kind of comical and, and pretty quick, yeah. right? But th- like you just said, taking it as a yes and moment and using it to spice up the plot, right? And actually one of, one of the other points we were going to bring up was, you know, when that happens, it could be a form of splitting the party, maybe spending too much time on one person. Uh, but, you know, using it as an exercise, you might be able to think of ways to kind of incorporate this NPC a little bit more. Maybe they decide to flirt with someone else, kind of creating a love triangle in the party, or or they're doing it on purpose, trying to split the party, right? And and they become kind of a more deviant aspect. Uh, Or, you know, you just find ways to incorporate other people in their own kind of side quests for love, I guess you could say, or or relationships is a better way to say it. 
Yeah, totally. You know, and and I like that idea of making it a multi-character thing because I feel like that's another issue here. Is is that if one person is like not obsessing, but like really focused on like, hey, I saw this uh, barmaid, and I'm gonna you know every evening gonna go talk with her, then mm-hmm. that's that's a time sink, you know, and it's almost like. You know, I think DMs already worry about one player kind of hogging the spotlight, you know, and if one player has this kind of side relationship that's solely about them, uh, you know, where they want these long conversations back and forth, then it's going to get boring for the other players. It's going to feel like it's not worth it for them and they're going to get annoyed. You're going to get annoyed that you're spending that time. And so I think that that's something that DMs need to be very cognizant of right yeah and i think you know we'll we'll talk about a little bit of kind of some things you should and shouldn't do and we'll definitely need to talk on this aspect of uh you know if it is going to be a time sink what are some things you can do to maybe mitigate that but before we move on to to some of our other points one Mm -hmm. last reason why i think you know we don't often see this and um, both from a player perspective and a DM perspective, I think is because, at least in the U.S., we're conditioned to, you know, they get married and they live happily ever after, end of story, right? Like, that's the yep. end of story, which if you've ever been married or, or started a relationship, right, marriage is the beginning of, of like, a big adventure, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think we need to recognize that we have that condition right in our brains and, and and recognize also that it's, it's kind of hampering some of our creativity because we're naturally prone to thinking you get a family and you settle down. Right. But even in this modern day and age, we should get used to the fact that, you know, a lot of people work remote so you can technically have your family on the road and why should D and D be any different? Right. Absolutely. You know, cause I, I think that some people, worried that oh hey my type of adventure doesn't fit and it's true for some of them right if you have a campaign or a mini campaign that's a dungeon crawl it's like yeah having you know maybe your players could be related to each other but well the player characters but you're not likely going to have you know npcs in that position but if it was an expedition or like a or one where you have like a town hub where you're doing mm-hmm. adventures from that's such a perfect opportunity right especially and we're going to talk about we're going to have an episode soon about you know how to do an expedition campaign but uh in a in a setting like that it's perfect because it's like hey you can have multiple npcs on that you know in the wagon train on the boat whatever it is Mm -hmm. and that's a great opportunity also for you know interacting with the same npcs over and over again and them really building a bond there and i think you shouldn't shy away from that i know it's easy to just focus on building the bond between you know player characters because that's wonderful we all want a metaphorical uh fellowship of the ring right (laughs) where everyone's like oh they're they're so tight right but it's like hey but you can also have uh, other kinds of relationships to just kind of flesh out the relationship uh, meter, if you will, with your player with player characters, and that's just going to make the story better in general. Absolutely, you know. I think uh, when we say having a Dungeons and Dragons family, right, a family in your D and D campaign, 
we all too often, and we've even been talking like this, we all too often think about uh, lover, right? Wife, husband, yep. child. Uh, but I think it'd be interesting to, you know, throw in some dynamics like uncle, grandma, uh, godfather, you know, yeah, some brother, of those sister, brother, right, right, right cousin, you know, because mm-hmm. those those bring sort of a small small distance with them, that but they can also bring some somewhat of a familiarity, right? And I think that would yeah. be a very interesting aspect to add to your story. You work eight hours a day. You spend time with your family, and when you come home, you do work around the house. And it seems that you never have as much time as you would like to prepare for your D&D sessions. Does this sound like you? Wouldn't it be amazing to have endless material prepared for your D&D sessions anyways? That's where Roll and Play Press comes in. Roll and Play Press provides D&D 5e compatible material for any type of session. Running a one-shot? Check out their One-Shot Wonders book with over 100 one-shot ideas. Getting started with a new sci-fi campaign? Get their Game Master's Sci-Fi Toolkit to have your games much more prepared with much less effort. Why reinvent the wheel? Check out Roll and Play Press at rollandplaypress.com, see what they have to offer, and get a 10% discount when you buy something by using the code BETTERDM10, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-D-M-10, at checkout. Give yourself just a little bit extra help so that you can continue being the world's greatest dungeon master. Totally, right? And and I think that it's worth talking about, you know, how can you actually implement this well, right? Because uh, I think it's something that we should all try. It, it gets us out of our comfort zone, but I think it adds so much more uh, reality to the stakes in the world and also the connection. Uh, so first off, what I wouldn't recommend that you do when you're trying to get your players to have these kind of family uh, ties uh Let's, you know, uh, let's keep in mind that you can have a lot of relationships, like Justin was saying, like uh, in family, but then you can also have friend relationships, right? Like when was the time that, you know, the paladin in your party met another paladin in the city and they went out for drinks and then they also, you know, went out uh, to go, you know, sword, like practice sword fighting together, you know, things like that, that can also add depth and an emotional connection that if that, you know, friend NPC got like taken away or hurt, suddenly you have like reason, you know, you have an an MO to like pursue the the bad guy who did it, right? Absolutely. And a a couple um, words of warning with this, Um, you won't always plan correctly. Like sometimes (laughs) your players will just randomly develop relationships with NPCs you never planned and ones you did plan, they won't care. But also, as the DM, you will likely need to be vulnerable yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by that? I mean, when, you know, you're out having drinks with the paladin, right? The the player is going to roleplay or ideally they are, right? It's going to be mm-hmm. somewhat hard for them to kind of develop those positive emotions that they don't, but they're going to role play and so will you. And because of that, you will likely need to sort of 
immerse yourself in in these emotions, right? Yeah. And it's possible that you will have to kind of be vulnerable as the character, which will make you vulnerable as a, a person, right? It, it's kind of hard to explain, but you're acting essentially, but in order to act, you sort of have to replicate those emotions in yourself. Yeah, exactly. And as a DM, you know, we have, a, we're the ones that like the players have to do that for themselves. We have to do everyone else. <laughs> and that's a big responsibility. But I think it's possible if you just let the character be interested in the, in the player, like whatever that means, whether it's romantic or friendship or just interest in general that kind of it becomes a bridge that can then lead to something else because uh, oftentimes i've seen this where you know you do kind of develop a little bit of like oh a little tryst or something mm -hmm. or a friendship and then it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't affect the adventure it doesn't you know become a decision point uh or something that the player actually feels like they need to spend real time on and then that becomes essentially a trophy relationship, one that you just set on the, you know, on the mantle and you don't really look at. And that kind of leads to players not feeling like they've, like the DM's willing to tango with them in terms of actually mm -hmm. developing real relationships, you know? Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I think one way, well, one way to avoid that maybe and, and kind of going on the lines of things you shouldn't do, don't make the NPCs that they're trying to have relationships with one-sided or static characters. Make them dynamic with their own desires, right? So maybe they do, the paladins have drinks together. At some point, they find something that they disagree over, and that's going to provide an interesting point in the story because hopefully they've built up a friendship. They have this disagreement, and they kind of have to learn how to navigate it, right? Uh, or, you know, this paladin has desires and he calls upon the player character for help, you know, just, just that they should feel somewhat real, right? Exactly. You know, and I think that that's such an important point there. Cause that as a DM, that could be a wonderful catalyst for like showing a player that like, Hey, you can develop kind of like a video game, how, you know, some RPGs will have like specific partner characters. Mm -hmm. either for friendship or, or romance and you can kind of tell because they'll have different kinds of options one thing that you could do in terms of like making up is you know have uh, an npc who has a similarity and then after they've had some time to kind of develop that relationship then have like you said that opposing view that maybe there's a little bit of a falling out or an argument and then the next time that they see each other you know, which you should encourage, then if the player doesn't come up to them and do something, then your NPC, you should make them go up to the player and be like, hey, sorry about that. I got heated. Mm -hmm. You know, then they can share some about themselves. And then it can be a great opportunity to be like, hey, do you want to take this relationship like kind of further or be friends still? Or, and so it's, it's almost like a one, two punch where it's like introduce them as, as a friend who shares interests, have a conflict, make up, and then that's almost like a good indicator to the player. Hey, this can be more than just an NPC who gives you directions for the cave down the road, right? Yeah, exactly. I think what you're talking about is uh, it could be termed as like reciprocity. And that's yes. a, that's not a great term for it. But like uh, 
oftentimes I think, at least in my own campaigns, thinking back, the problems that I've had when I've tried to create these relationships for my characters, but they've turned out to be trophy relationships, is because I haven't showed interest from my characters, from my NPCs, to the PCs, right? Or interest or, like I said, reciprocity. So to the PCs, it's like, oh, I wanted to talk to this person. They didn't seem like they wanted to talk to me. Or we did talk, but then they haven't reached back out. They're not worth my time because it was one-sided, right? Yeah. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week. Exactly. Um, and I think if you are able to give that back and forth with the player, then they're going to they're gonna pick up on it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, teach them, you know, with time. <laughs> uh, exactly. I, I think, but like kind of what's the, what's the end goal? Uh, for mm-hmm. me, I feel like the end goal of any kind of relationship that the players build in world, uh, the end goal is that it's supposed to enrich the story. And so I would, and this is the kind of evil DM in me speaking, I would totally take advantage of these relationships, you know, build them up and then suddenly, oh my goodness, your baby just got kidnapped. Well, that's Mm -hmm. crazy. Guess you better do something about that. You know, I think there's so many things that you can do that, you know, make, give an urgency and, and also real stakes, which guess what? You can occasionally like, oh, the players are chasing after... Uh, the person who took their cousin and guess what the cousin dies then it's Mm -hmm. like guess what your player has real you know stakes and real like they want vengeance for what happened and i think that's only a win right absolutely uh i i will say with this definitely be careful and know your players because it's one thing to kidnap a cousin it's another thing to, well, it's one thing to kidnap the cousin and have the cousin die, right? Yeah. But it's an entirely different thing to kidnap a baby and have the baby die, right? Exactly. You know, and, and you kind of have to gauge what your players will tolerate, but also what sort of maliciousness is in the villains. Because if the villain knows that they have a baby, you, you know, depending on the villain, they'd go after the baby over the cousin all day, right? Yeah. Uh, so you definitely need to be careful with how you how you craft the story, exactly. Because that could you know that could be a, a triggering event. Um, the last thing I would also say is, kind of like you said with having like a, a town hub or something where the, the family stays. If there is family, um, and and I mean like immediate family, as a DM, it's it's probably helpful to know where they are at mm-hmm. basically all times, and the more important they are, the more important the ability to see them often will be. So just add those methods into your campaign, whether it's teleportation or whether the fact that the family comes with the party or something, I don't know. 
right? Absolutely. You know, uh, if you if you don't facilitate it, then the, it's going to go by the wayside, and all that character work that you did, you kind of wasted, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's that's such great advice. Uh, yeah, and just to end here, uh, I really liked your final advice for me. I would just say uh, that you need to try and find an opportunity, and you're going to make a lot of mistakes with this. You know, you're going to not telegraph correctly that like hey this is an npc that you can do more with uh you're maybe not going to be able to telegraph that well at the start and even if you do maybe you don't utilize that relationship super well if you start now then you're going to get better and and that's the key because building up these relationships like or the skill as a dm to kind of build connections between player characters and npcs you got to start now because it's not easy. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I I can't say anything other than that. Um, well, I guess I can't say one thing. Uh, just reiterating, I challenge you, the listener, to try this. Try and add more family relationships into your sessions just to spice it up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you again, Justin, for uh, for talking about this with me. I always appreciate what, what you bring to the table. Well, thank you, Tanner. I think you have really, really good ideas for episodes. Yeah, I uh, do. And- Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Okay, yeah. and listener, thank you again for uh, hearing us talk about this subject that maybe we care a little bit too much about. Not sure. But either way, we're happy you're here. And uh, until next time, let's roll initiative.